Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 10, Episode 20, bonus episode 92. I don't, I don't know what episode this is. It's it's 20. That's all I care it's about. 20. It's Season 10, AMC. You hear that? Season 10, Episode 20, Splinter. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this princess-focused episode? <sighs> this was... The second best episode of the uh, bonus episodes. Um, unfortunately, that's not saying a lot. Uh, I mean, we 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 needed these episodes, I think, or I guess we didn't need the episodes. But to the extent that these episodes are going to be used well, they should like fill in some character blanks from some of the lesser known characters, so that we can care about them. To replace the cast of characters we already did, we already did care about that we've lost over the the big wars the last year. So filling out like what goes on in Princess's head and what motivates her and her fears and all that kind of stuff um, is it was good. However, I mean, I think you really see the limits of these bottle episodes like this was an extremely short episode. It was like 37 minutes mm-hmm. all up with credits and everything. Um, and it just felt very limited. It felt like, you know, these are pandemic uh, restrictions. No one can get within six feet of each other. We're going to film mostly in this box. Um, but I, you know, I appreciated getting to know a little bit more about our stormtrooper overlords and kind of getting, you know, some like, huh, trying to figure out what makes them tick and stuff. Cause I think there's, that's what's so interesting about them is they're just like, the, they're presenting themselves as if they're the uber powerful version of Rick's group. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we seen Rick's group take in a bunch of people, put them in a cell and be like, hey, we're trying to answer some questions. We need to know if you're good because we've got we're, we're, we're we got these procedures because we've got a lot to lose. And like seeing our friends being on the other side of that is interesting, um, because if you think about all the shit that Rick pulled in the prison arc or they pulled an Alexandria arc and, they, you know, there, there's been there, there's a lot of drama to mine here. And like w- with the backdrop of like. What if we fuck this up? This is first contact with a larger civilization. What if it's a good one and we just are sa- too savage to join it? So that stuff is interesting, but the execution so so and it just felt so cheap, man. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, you're you know talking about we definitely get like some characters who've been through that stuff, but they're not actually those characters, right? This is all princess in her own head interpreting whatever the hell she thinks these characters are like through her own lens. And so I like none of what we see in this episode really applies to how our particular survivors would react. um, Oh, no, I meant like we've been through it like we as an audience. So we've seen what it looks like to be. And we're like, why don't those people just shut up and go along with it? And these are like now we see what it's like to be on the other end of that. And I think that's why it's effective. But yeah, 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 you're you're right. It, this wasn't like Rick or Daryl in the cell. This is a new gotcha, person. Yeah, us as an audience, we're certainly thinking all that. Um, I I don't know. I I didn't dislike this episode. Um, I thought it was <laughs> it, it, for what it was. It was not bad. I like the big reveal of this episode. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, everybody's seen this episode, right? Uh, it's when, you know, yeah. they reveal that Zeke isn't real. Uh, he's been uh-huh. a figment of her imagination the whole time. That's that was pretty good. And I feel like this show, th- there were a couple of moments where I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That doesn't make any sense. They just Zeke is in this car. This guard doesn't notice him. Where did Zeke go? How did Zeke make it out of the car in two seconds flat when this guy walked in? And then they revealed that he wasn't real. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's Walking Dead. In past seasons, that would have just been a mistake. That would have been something that some intern on the <laughs> right, set brought right, up, right. and and, they, and Nicotero was like, "Are you fucking kidding? Nobody's gonna notice." Just we're not reshooting it. for that. No, <laughs> no, that takes rewrites. We have to shut down production for a day. Forget about it. And in this episode, they actually took that into account, made it part of the plot. I, I like that stuff. Um, and I guess this means probably that we're gonna have to see more princess because the ultimate like fuck you to the audience is to waste your time with a bonus set of episodes right between the 
pandemic shit that they had to get out and the, the running the final episode of last season and getting the new season going, they put out, you know, a, a series of slapdash episodes, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And the real slap in the face would be for them to just like kill Princess in a, a episode or two, right? Yeah. For, into the, right. the new season. So the Princess right. is probably going to stick around. I, I would assume most of the next season, if not all of it. Uh, so I, I guess it's cool to get into her background, get into, like you said, what makes her tick. Because there's a lot to dig into there, apparently. <laughs> so I don't know. I yeah. liked it. It feels kind of bullying to beat up on the bonus episodes because they're literally like they're bonus episodes, man. We're but in a why pandemic. Do we couldn't they, do anything. This else. is an unforced error if they're bad. Yeah, that's like I bet. I feel like it's like, uh, you know, if you if you get your girlfriend and your wife and you were separated by some kind of natural disaster and you had this thing where it's like, hey, they she bakes a cake for you every time you see her. Right. And she was limited. And so like when she shows up the next time, she's got like shitty cakes that she made with just a scrap she had. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have made the shitty cake, maybe. But you say that to her with tears in her eyes. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I feel like. Angela Kang came to me with the with the shitty pandemic cake that she baked saying, see, aren't you glad that there's something here? And I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm not. choking down dry, dry, dry <laughs> bite after dry bite. Like you really shouldn't have Miss Kang. I, I could have I could have held out till uh, August. I right. think. Yeah, that's the thing. I I don't know that we really needed these episodes. Like like I said, I think it's good to get into Princess's background. But boy, you could do that in an episode where you can put together a whole cast and maybe an entire crew as well to shoot an episode. If you just wait, because that's the thing is that's what makes me feel like I don't think Angela did this baked baked us these pandemic cakes because it was out of the goodness of her heart. I feel like deep down, AMC needed this. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, we got we got some advertisers who are going to fucking breach contract or maybe even like actors mm-hmm. like there's a clause like, well, if you don't, impl- you know, if, if if there's no if if you don't have a shoot that goes on for over 18 months, then fuck the contract's null and void. I'm going to go sign for right. CSI zombie. I, I, I don't know. But like, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, this doesn't feel like labors of love. This felt like some kind of. Well, we got to do it wasn't for like, well, the audience is just going too long. You know, like, we can't we can't deprive them of The Walking Dead. It was something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate because these are on the average significantly lower in quality than season nine and ten. And that's you. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I haven't gone on the Wikipedia yet, but I'm interested in seeing like the audience level and like what these episodes did to it. And then what happens in August when they come back, Mm -hmm. because you know, if if these bonus episodes ran half the dwindling audience off and they don't come back, then who boy, maybe they all went uh, to the world beyond. Maybe that's maybe their bet. Uh, So why don't we get into the recap after a short break? Sounds good. All right, we start off where we left uh, Ezekiel, Yumiko, Eugene, and Princess last time we saw them, which is essentially being surrounded and captured by these stormtroopers. And they're each locked up into separate train cars after being sort of physically abused, uh, you know, bashed and thrown to the ground. I guess it fractures uh, Princess's jaw. It does a number on Yumiko. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. At least I think it does. I it's hard to tell. That's the it's hard thing to tell I episode. was about to say. Yeah. I was about to say it's hard to know what goes on in, in Princess's mind versus like what is stuff actually happening because there's clearly events taking place, but mm-hmm. you know, her her panic attacks and her trauma and all her active imagination is all really doing a number on us. You know who could but have yeah. used a more active imagination? The people who decided mm-hmm. where they were gonna put these survivors. Train cars again? Dude. Again, man, is this the in fucking my notes? It says she's thrown into the ever reliable boxcar. Like, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense, especially if you're trying to save money. It's like, you know, is a terminus place still got, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if we never show the outside except for in highly overexposed shots and like really tight. So all you can see is the sky and princess clinging to a boxcar. Will people even know? But like, yeah, man, this is getting to be a fucking trope, dude. Yeah, like for sure. Not even like containers, 
like containers are got to be ubiquitous in the zombie apocalypse. But like, oh, we saw an old fashioned Maggie episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're exactly. Box cars, huh? All right. Yeah, that old chestnut. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. see any letters on the outside, so at least there wasn't mm. that. But we'll see. She's in the P car for princess. It's, 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 it's uncategorizable. Uh, she's kind of freaking out in there, and she's sort of sizing up her cell, walking it. Um, there's nothing in it other than empty bags. I think these are empty bags. Hard to tell. Uh, she pries the boards that make up the walls, but she gets a splinter, and then she hears Yumiko, who's hurt and wants help. And Yumiko tells her, keep talking to her. So Princess tells her the story about getting a splinter when she was 14. It got infected a whole a whole thing um, while she's picking at the wall here. And then Yumiko passes out, and the stormtroopers drag her off. I, I assume she passed out from hearing this story. It just was too much. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the pus the hand and being the... swollen yeah, uh, yeah like like a balloon mm-hmm. full of pus Ugh, pretty pretty rough um yeah i mean this again this is all good stuff it's, it's interesting um the depth i guess of her trauma like I, I they imply that she's like locked into a little closet as a result of this and she's like reliving you know like this closed dark closed spaces i mean it's pretty traumatic and then her stepfather, you know, neglecting her and her getting a wound and her stepfather, you know, telling her she's too gross to eat at the family table. She's got to eat in the garage and her mom back into play. Um, that is uh, pretty bad. There's also like I feel like she's had professional help because she's doing like the textbook things like when you're having a panic attack, like, you know, count or try to, you know, um uh she, she's doing like the counting and, and and doing like memorizing facts kind of thing it's it's uh i've, I've been taught yeah, more of like grounding yourself in your environment like you know like naming things you're seeing and like going around the room mm-hmm. and like forcing yourself to pay attention to your reality but like i, I imagine that's a but i i wonder how much more we'll find out about this stuff because yeah, I mean, it's it's just like The Walking Dead that like do a whole bunch of character development in one episode and then this just really never comes up again, you know, so. Yeah, we'll see. Um, at the end of this episode, I'm kind of curious as to the fate of our uh, survivors, but. Yeah, who knows? especially since all this stuff, it turns out, happened in, in a vacuum. Like mm-hmm. we know a hell of a lot of, of uh, troubling things about Princess that. Yumiko and Zeke and uh, the uh, and and Eugene are not privy to, mm-hmm. so it's also going to be interesting to see um, them kind of discover this stuff independently. Because I don't think, I, like I said, I, I don't even know. It'll be interesting if Yumiko remembers any of this stuff. Like even if it actually happened that she was right next to these people in the train cars and all that shit is legit. Um, Yumiko is having a concussion, drifting in and out of consciousness while she's hearing the story. So yeah, I don't think that any of this actually happened because when they do the really? final reveal they show that a there's no uh crack in the wall that she was picking at and b there's no hole in the wall that she was getting out through. so like i don't think she talked so she to anybody so she couldn't even talk because i thought maybe there was something there real like having a conference but you're right yeah i mean she fully, fully I think attacking the guard is the only real thing <laughs> Yeah, and the interrogation. That's real too, mm. right? Yeah, I think that has to be. Um cuz I don't know, like if you're getting into that extreme uh uh a flight of fancy, then I don't like shit, like it did anything happen? We got to wait until we get a third par- a reliable third party to kind of tell us that all, it all happened. Mhm. Uh there, there's some oh, weird hear, I, I saw that they mentioned a, Merc- a guy named Mercer. Mercer um, when they were like when when uh, princess was kind of like, you know, looking at the guys and listening to the guys and trying not to freak out. One of them mentioned the guy named Mercer and like implying that he's in command. I was going to say, I is that the she... guy who takes off his helmet in this episode? Not well, not the one that gets beaten, but the one who interrogates princess, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think he was mentioned. So I imagine if you're a comic book fan, you know all about this, because I, I guess this this. uh this stuff is taken pretty much right out of the comic books down to the uniforms. Like these guys, stormtrooper, you uniform, ass looking uniforms are 
someone sent me a, 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 co- a cover of the comics and it's fucking comic accurate. Like it's exactly what these things look like in a comic book. So also they got the Batman uh, like hooks on Dude. their gauntlets. To the point, I wondered if they got like a good deal. Like this was like uh, Firefly, where like they bought up the whole <laughs> fucking uh, uh, Starship Troopers uniform, spray t- paint him a different color, and there's a like. Mm-hmm. Did they get a really good deal on fucking you know Rash Raze Al Ghul shit and just spray painted it white? <laughs> Maybe. Because on the other hand, those are probably pretty good zombie whoppers, right? Like I feel yeah, like this is a combat works. zoot that suit designed to go into a group of zombies and just be immune to them mm-hmm. like kevlar head to toe your 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 all your limbs are enforced with uh i don't know iron zombie whoppers like yeah so yeah. maybe they are custom but they look a lot like the <laughs> league of shadows for sure <laughs> maybe that's the thing you princess said uh huff that blue flower that only oh, grows yeah? on the one side of the Himalaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just she's being she was her metal was being tested and she's now joining up at the League of Shadows. All right. Gotham hasn't got the Gotham has survived the zombie apocalypse They're holding out. But this is they they're not going to withstand a spray painted white princess. It's it's all over for him. Yeah, that'd be an entirely different set of movies. Uh, there's a weird thing they're doing here where they're cutting back and forth between her in the train car and the punch that she throws Mm. like five times they cut back and forth between this thing as she's like walking around her her uh, cell there I think are are they trying to foreshadow the Ezekiel reveal later on is that what's happening like they're trying to connect the beating that she gives that guy later with yeah. Her violence at the beginning or attempted violence. But I think it's, it's this idea of she always makes things worse and she's really replaying her um, jumping that guard going for his knife and, and Yumiko getting the rifle butt to the face. I think as like okay. her kind of ruminating on that, like, ah, oh, I've done it again. I've done it again. And she's going to do it again. But uh, it's such a clumsy attempt, though, like she basically throws one huge haymaker of a punch and lands on the ground well that's the thing like i i've you know like i've i'm not gonna say i've known anyone exactly like princess but those people that like just can't fucking sit still and think in a crisis Mm -hmm. they're the fucking worst like Mm -hmm. you know it's like if you don't know what to do and you're jacked with adrenaline then running up and doing the first thing that pops in your head is probably not the thing to do and like I yeah. was having a borderline panic attack with like Yumiko trying to like don't do anything stupid. No, I'm gonna do something stupid. Well, you just can't do. Well, I gotta do something. Yeah. Like okay, but like that that seems to be her thing. She doesn't think things through. Yeah. So the next morning, the sunlight reveals a board on the wall covering a hole, which Princess uses to get out. She tries to break Eugene out of his car, but he talks her into getting back inside so that they'll think. They're worthy of, you know, uh, I, I can't tell. Is Eugene here saying like we want them to think that they should join us or we want them to think that we're worthy of joining them? Because like it, it was tough to tell. Well, and also. Is she actually speaking to Eugene here? I don't think so. But, so how is she role playing as him so effectively? Um, because Zeke, I thought spent, he was like, off, what, a week but, with them, maybe. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess that's true. Um, I, I guess I, I don't know. Um, because yeah, that's mean, like right on what Eugene was trying to do. He's trying, you mm-hmm. know, uh, even way he's speaking, it's like you know, I'm, I'm somewhere between Santa and the guardian angel of these people, and I need to get back with some powerful help and blah blah blah. Just you know, I, I, I trust Stephanie, and these have got to be Stephanie's people. So at QED, they got to be trustworthy. And that's the thing is like, I don't know that I disagree with mm-hmm. Eugene at this point. So, yeah, I mean, Eugene is definitely the, the good angel on her shoulder. Right. And then you get the bad devil in Ezekiel, Ezekiel. <laughs> on her other shoulder. And Yumiko y- stands in for the rest of them. Right. For, for all of all uh, three of them being her friends who are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, once you, you know, get to the end of this episode, it all becomes very clear that that's the case. But yeah, here, I mean, she 
she knows, I guess, what their mission is, and she knows who Eugene is to some degree. So I don't know. It it and works. I, I, Plus, you need I, the audience to not be like, "What the fuck?" Eugene is acting really weird here. Why? Yeah, yeah. And they do do that. I think a little bit with Ezekiel anyway. Like a, when he popped bit. in, I like an- immediately said, "Like he does this. This is a weird performance by yeah. Mr. Payton here. I don't understand what's going on." <laughs> His um, energy's a little maybe, manic. Yeah, they needed to kind of slow. They need to slow roll. But it also like realizing that so much of this stuff is fake or helped out with a lot of the episode because I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, I guess I'm going to just say that these stormtroopers don't know that there is this ridiculously weak plywood patch in the doors that they've never, <laughs> right. like, you know, like maybe the maybe the prisoners are a little bit more docile. They don't go prying shit off. But like she didn't even really struggle or need a pry bar. It's just kind of like, you know, it just 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 came right off. So. Yeah, I, but but yeah, I guess all that shit's fake. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so she yeah t- tries to break Eugene out. He talks already about going back inside, and the stormtroopers come and get her, and they strip her down and examine her for bites. Once they're satisfied, they begin questioning her. Uh, Princess is uncooperative, and when she demands to see Yumiko, the interrogator hits her and throws her back into her cell. I'm actually super surprised she was as chill as she was being strip searched mm-hmm. and hosed down naked and being scrut- her body being scrutinized by these guys, these guys. Like I I was really expecting this to be another like fucking trigger where she lashes out. Um, yeah, she has like a real in this scene in particular, real like Michelle Rodriguez kind of detached anger sort of vibe like, yeah, oh, you fuckers are going to get yours eventually. Once once yeah. this is over, I'm coming back for each and every one. Of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like, that's the thing. It's like I, I kept on saying, like, OK, did this guy seem like a bad guy? Because what he's being tough and uncompromising with her, but he's, you know, asking essentially, you know, name, rank, serial number type questions. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she she's just, but on the other hand, like, would she get pu- but I was thinking about like, OK, like when Tyrese's group showed up in season three, like is fundamentally is this different than how Rick uh, treated their their group? Also, Rick's group oh. was a lot weirder. Like mm-hmm. they're just these family holding up in a prison cell like this. This place like is well organized and well equipped. And I don't know, like, I mean, you can you can hand wave to like the Nazis and like the Italian fascist, but like usually when you have large groups of well-organized people, the chance for like psychosis is a little bit lower than when you're in a burnt out prison dealing with some kind of fam, you know, hillbilly family from Georgia. Right. Sure. So, yeah. but I, I don't know because this is a fuck like, like everything. These guys made sense. Like, you know, we got so much to protect. Uh, we're very protective of it. We got a lot to lose. We got to be careful. Like that shit is stuff I've heard Rick and his group say a million times. And I've seen, you know, I've seen how Rick does like with the fairly light and gauzy Oprah interview style interrogation of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, here here we're seeing another person go through it. So, like, I don't know. What do you think the show is trying to tell us about these stormtroopers? I I don't know. I was kind of all on board with them being decent. uh and, you know, a civilization that is out to help others until the very end of this episode. And, you know, it's I don't know, assuming that they're not like lining them up for a fucking firing squad or something, mm-hmm. then that's that's still on the table. Right. Like putting a hood over people's heads to walk them to wherever you're going to take them so that they just don't know Your where stronghold. they are. Yes. Yeah, like they they wouldn't know how to get back there. That that sort of thing makes a certain amount of sense, but it looks really bad uh, at it first does. glance. So it's a sane it's a sane move in this world, but it uh, does like black bags over people's head is not ever, you know, seen as rolling out the welcome carpet, is it? No, for sure. So I don't know. Um, I'm still up in the air on them, but I'm leaning toward uh, they're just you know being extra cautious and they're not. You know, they're like the governor if he didn't have heads in his tanks, but Mm, we'll see. Uh, So. The princess wakes up, but Yumiko still hasn't returned. She hears them grab Eugene, so she goes out through the hole in the wall to verify that he's gone, then goes back in her own car and suddenly Ezekiel opens the top of her car and drops inside. He says, we got to go. Um, but they take their time arguing about it 
And before they resolve it, a guard comes in with food. And then <laughs> the character that I have to start calling Sneaky Zeke, because <laughs> if he was real, I don't know how this happens, but Sneaky Zeke punches him out through his helmet, no less. Holy shit. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the parts of the episode that's real. Like, yeah. Princess punched this man out through his helmet. Yeah, but I guess if he got punched in the face, because, like, Zeke punches him in, like, a rabbit punch, but obviously that can't have happened because he didn't sneak up behind him while, you know, so, like, mm-hmm. um, some of this stuff is a little magical realism. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, are we going to, like, I still like Star Wars, even though the Stormtrooper armor is ridiculous, you know? I'm, I, 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 I kind of give a wide latitude to Stormtrooper armor being... Completely ineffective, you know, unless it's unless they're supposed to, you know, right. When they're clearing out a rebel base on Hoth, oh boy, those stormtroopers are they're unbeatable. When they're going (laughs) up against teddy bears with sticks, oof, they're just paper tigers, you know. (laughs) Of course. Um. Uh, Well, so that's it's like I had so many. I don't want to belabor the point, but like when Zeke drops down, I'm like, why the fuck did he do that? I mean, he doesn't know that there's a bunch of holes in this thing. Like, mm-hmm. what was his plan for getting out? And, you know, and also like, well, why is he hanging out? Like, if if why does he continue to hang out in this car? Like, why is he established contact and get back out? And like, there's a bunch of stuff that like he and he had this kind of like what turned like, I think you would describe as kind of like a manic energy to him mm-hmm. that I think is Gary Payton doing a little bit of uh, princess acting in retrospect uh yeah. but it was kind of yeah I, I enjoyed this part of of the episode because it really had me kind of like puzzling in a good way yeah for sure uh so zeke disarms and <laughs> oh, this is wrong my notes say disarms and hand fucks the guard and it's handcuffs <laughs> the guard yeah 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 he does not hand fuck him <laughs> he does not uh, and then they, being Zeke and Princess, question him about Yubiko. The guard makes his case that they might be able to help him and tells him, hey, we protect many, many people here and I don't know anything about your friend. So th- then the guard like punches Princess and Zeke pounces on him like a tiger. Did you see that pounce, man? I, I don't know yeah. if that's like intentional, but. Learned a lot from really, was it Shiva, his tiger, Shiva. That sounds right. I, I don't remember. Yeah. It's got that tiger fighting style. Uh huh. But how does Princess know about that? Did he talk That's about what I was he wondering? Probably, he definitely talked about the tiger. He, like oh, in, in yeah. the first day. Z, I don't think Ezekiel goes an hour without mentioning, <laughs> you know, the reason I led this community is because I used to have a tiger. That's uh, the he, most he interesting that, thing like, about him. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first meal you sit down, you're going to hear that story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she probably knows all about the tiger. Um, yeah, so Princess is like screaming at him to stop while he mercilessly beats this guard. And then oh, also the switcheroo. He's, stra- he's strangling the guard through this thick Kevlar bomb defusal collar, uh-huh. which is the other thing where I was just like face palming like, oh, my God, there this guy could take this like literally all day long. Yeah. Uh, and but again, it's all turns out it's all a fantasy sequence. Right. Yeah, it's revealed Zeke along with the hole in the wall and the escape hatch were all just hallucinations of Princess, and she's the one beating the guard. Uh, which makes way more sense, you know. I want to talk about specifically some of the things that this guy said, this conversation, where, first of all, it helps the guy looks like a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like he's maybe 21, 22. You know, he probably grew up in this whole fucking thing. Looks like a young uh, James Marsden with a shaved head. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. But he's like, you know, he's got a good spiel. It's like, you know, for the benefit of all and all who seek solace at our, uh, our gates, you know, like this This reminds me of the Alexander and safe, Alexandria safe zone. Remind, but also reminds me chillingly of Terminus, right? You know, it's not the first, sure. it's not the first people the, and, this, and the sanctuary, you know, it's not the first people to gussy up their brutality with some some pretty words the whispers um, but but yeah it's like you know he had reasons like yo you said well yeah we're we're taking uh extraordinary caution because we have a lot to lose but also we can do a lot to help with you guys <laughs> we're organized you know um and he says like you know just like my boss says as soon as you tell us what your deal is you can see your friends you can believe us or not like I don't I, like at this point in the episode, I was starting to talk myself into that. These guys were, were pretty good. Yeah, I was too. Um, the end changes things, but 
maybe not I, and it still uh, might be that's the thing it still mm-hmm. might be that they're good but like it also would be interesting if it's an ironic situation where these guys are good rick's group you know the alexandrian group i should say now is good and it's a misunderstanding and it's going to lead to a bunch of pointless suffering and and war yeah um because the other thing is like i don't know that i believe alexander can beat these guys i don't like, know why i would I mean, they're so well equipped and they got like, you know, the, the newness and she- squeaky cleanness of this implies, although his his him saying that, like, he doesn't have bullets, like because he's so new, he's such a rookie, doesn't have bullets yeah. like and they have a big ass bayonet on those things. I'm wondering how much of this shit is like posturing mm-hmm. like they're they're doing this to make themselves look bigger and more equipped. It's like, well, they just don't give us rookie bullets, but that's because they don't have bullets. Yeah, you know, I, I wonder um, how how if they're hiding their power level or faking their 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 Wizard of Ozing a bit. It could be, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll definitely see more of this. I expect to get back to this very early in the next season. Yeah, yeah. Because we're not going to get any more of this in the bonus episodes. So yeah, I saw that. Uh, Princess. Makes a run for it. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how much of all of this is real. So she makes a run for it. Her newfound weapon gets hung up on the fence, and rather than abandon her new friends, she turns back and tries to help them. And you know, sneaky Zeke is trying to encourage her to leave them behind, but she goes back for him anyway. I like sneaky Zeke with the two train conductors. Suck like some kind of fucking those zombies were stylized as train conductors. They had oh, like you know, in the uh, engineer yeah. hat and mm-hmm. and uh, I like that. It's like some kind of demented uh, Thomas tank engine bullshit. Yeah, and he's bringing a different energy to that too. It's there there are multiple energies that Kari it's a lot. Is yeah, and it's, it's a, is it oh I, I carry Kari out of it. Um, I I thought that. Uh, he was doing a pretty good job, and I, I saw a lot more clearly in this that he's literally channeling Princess. And yeah, now yeah. that the jig is up, it's very much like he's being kind of bratty. Uh-huh. Um, or, or, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought he was doing anyway. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. It's just different modes of Princess. But she also hears where she alludes to other people, unlike her mother and stepfather, who have been kind to her. She name checks uh, Travis, Sammy. I don't know if we'll ever find out more about this, but like it's not let's not like she's been universally taken advantage of and beaten, betrayed. She has reason to believe in some form of family and friends is the important part, I guess, of that. Yeah, these zombies, the Zeke, sneaky Zeke has in his uh, stocks or whatever, which I think are like train uh, tracks. They're not the rails, but the parts that support the, the rails. I don't want the fuck I, that. I the trestle, the, yeah, the I, I I thought it was just like a, a oxen yoke, which Maybe. I'm like, is, is is there's like people out here that's harnessing zombies literally for, you know, transportation and, and whatnot. I don't know. There might be, but the, the zombies in it, I don't know if you notice is say like, come back for me when princess turns to go back to her train car to, to mm-hmm. save her friends. They're, they're like talking to her. I was wondering if that was yeah, something yeah, yeah. in her old life that, that hmm. like this was hinting at or like, I didn't notice the zombies were doing, doing some kind relatives? of chattering. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause the zombies completely changed in her fantasy. They were dressed differently and they looked differently. And then the reality, they were much more decayed and weren't wearing any train clothes and et cetera. So yeah. So who knows, who knows what kind of delusions we're dealing with here. But she goes back to her train car and then apologizes to the guard that she mercilessly beat. And she keeps mm-hmm. his gun, but removes his restraints. Then her splinter comes out as soon as she does a, a, a kind deed, I guess. I don't know. Princess tells him everything she knows about the others in order to increase their chances of making a deal. And as soon as she hands over the rifle, the guy opens the door and Princess sees her friends outside with bags over their heads before also getting bagged. A couple of things. I think that the splinter disappeared because it was never there you know like you said that those those mm. cracks in the walls never existed so it's like this is all good point you know for the thickest of those following along this is the, i think supposed to reveal that like it, not, none of it was real um Ooh. did you notice the bayonet in this scene 
This thing is alternating from take to take, from pointing at a 45 degree angle towards the ground to straight up through the barrel. It's like, I, I don't fucking know, like, to your point about the awfulness of the, like, how the fuck did no one notice that? Or there weren't enough takes where they were consistent that they could use those in editing. I, I don't know. And it's a, it's a small thing, but it really took me, like, that thing is wiggling around. Just really kind of took me out. Well, there, or maybe there. it's a, it's supposed to. It's showing how like ill, uh, ill fitting and cheap their equipment is because this is all a bunch of Wizard of Oz shit. I just think their continuity person was non essential worker, so they didn't show up to work that day. <laughs> like On the nah, Walking Dead, home. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she reveals it's like she she. Uh, I don't know how much this stuff is self diagnosed versus how much of the stuff was actually things she got a diagnosis before the world went to shit. But she mm-hmm. says she's got H and PTSD and anxiety and depression, uh, depression and isolation and an active imu- uh, an imagination that kind of like smooths over all that shit. Claustrophobia um, also, maybe I, she yeah, was talking about like how dark and, in, and enclosed that uh, box car is small, dark spaces. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, he says, Hey, you gotta, at some point you gotta trust. And the thing is, is yeah, you just, you're not sure. You're not sure whether when he says, I got it, like, because none of that information is like, I can't imagine they're like holding out on actual actionable intel. Maybe they're just cross, you know, because that's how you interrogate people. You hold, mm-hmm. you bring them in one at a time. You ask them to tell the story. You isolate them. You bring in more and more. And to the extent that the stories match up, you know, you're getting the truth. To the extent that they diverge, there's stuff you need to probe on. So it's like, this is all kind of standard interrogation of an unknown quantity thing, even down to the black mm-hmm. bag. So... I'm still not sure if this is going to be a tragedy because this is a thing that could have helped the Alexandrians had it not gotten fucked up. Or if these people are going to be one last time, another fucking evil group uh, that proves the righteousness of, of Rick's old group. I, I don't know. I, I kind of hope it's something more interesting than that. I hope it's more. It's interesting probably going to involve June bug blue, blue goose. What's her name? June, but oh, Stephanie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what's her nickname? I don't remember. Yeah, when are we going to get Stephanie? I uh, was it June Bug? No, Doodle, was Doodle Bug? Yeah, it was, it was Blue something. Um, I, I don't, Blue Beetle, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this stuff. I just hope that it's not another like evil group, like, oh, you finally found yeah. out it's the end boss of evil fucked up groups because. It just, you know, I do when we played The Last of Us, too, right? Like, you know, you, you play one side and like these wolf guys are just completely fucking assholes and you can't. They're just a bunch of psychopaths and you play their side. and It's like, oh, oh, well, this is why it's happening. And this is what it looks like on the inside to be them. And all. That. so, yeah, I just think that's an interesting concept. I hope it plays out that they're just not like one dimensionally evil or, you know, just bent on power and destruct or whatever personal glory if there's a if there's just a bigger governor or negan i'm gonna be disappointed that's the thing I, i'm always proven wrong by the show every time i say mm-hmm. well they just don't have enough time to do this but like it took two seasons to take out negan and negan is not nearly organized or probably as well equipped as these people seem to be it didn't need to take two seasons but it did okay. <laughs> i know it did this show takes its time with those types of things uh, when, when a large set is involved, it takes its time and you got to bet there's a large set behind these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know if we have time in one granted extended season, but still one season to get through another big bad. I don't know. Like I said, there's 24 episodes. That's a lot and of episodes. A, like who wants and that? Who wants another big bad? Like we've had 15 of no them more, already in 10 seasons. Right. Right. I want I want shades of gray and nuance and intrigue and backstabbing and false starts and reversals Mm. and 24 episodes is enough time to do that especially if they're not in fucking around mode and they shouldn't be in fucking around mode because it's the end of the series and it's angela kang so like i'm i think when they get the the budget back and when they're off covid restrictions and all that kind of stuff then 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 we'll be back we'll be back Uh, and this could be interesting but again i that's that's just my hope I mean, Gabriel's going to fuck it up, right? They're going to come and be like, hey, everybody, we want to be friends. Gabriel's not going to trust him. He's going to kill a few of them. And then we're back to yeah. enemies. He's going to uh, kill the well-equipped, well-armed stormtroopers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see where they end up going with it. 
Um, shall we take, uh, do you have anything else to say about the episode or shall we take one last break and then uh, get into the feedback section? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome back to the feedback. If you've got some stuff you want to say about The Walking Dead, it's really easy to get in touch with us. Just email watchingdead at baldmove.com and uh, we will get it and we might talk about it. Um, Todd is up first this week at watchingdeadatbaldmove.com. So, Zay, Ron, you keep saying you've heard great things about these six bonus episodes and that quote unquote people have been talking them up. Where? What people? To my mind, there are six hours of pointless garbage filler. Wait until the one where the whole episode is Carol chasing rats and Daryl's fixing his bike. Honest to God, there's another word that literally nothing happens. It's all someone's hallucination. I think we just hit that pay dirt. Looking forward to the Tom and Jerry episode that is going to be the next one. Tom and Jerry. Oh, boy. Yeah, she's chasing rats, I guess. Uh, They're nothing but placeholders. You can skip them entirely and jump right into next season without missing a beat. I suppose the Negan episode is all right if you like Negan, but I'm in the camp that believes Negan destroyed the whole series and continues to do so. Oh, wow. boy. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I think the Negan arc did kill The Walking Dead um, in, in, it, in, in, its, in its old present form, but like continuing to kill it? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. But I'm also curious to know if you plan to watch The World Beyond. You want to talk about pointless garbage? That's the one I'd love to hear a take on. Nope. Nope. I, nope. Un- unlike these six bonus episodes where people... You know, had some beer goggles on for uh, I've heard no one say anything good about the world beyond. Uh, I hear it's it's young adult. The Walking Dead. And I'm like, wasn't that fear the Walking Dead? Wasn't that the Walking Dead? I don't know. Yeah, I don't plan on continuing my journey with the Walking Dead properties beyond season 11. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to rule it out because who knows what kind of crazy shit the Carol and Daryl thing is and who's watching Mm -hmm. it and how it grabs but like I, i'm largely the same uh sam brown says hey guys i've been catching up with your new episodes after being bereft when you first stopped your coverage what's bugging me as much as you was now was how beta was able to play his lp on the turntable without electricity so this is going back a few episodes yeah because you may have already had other correspondence regarding this but just after he puts the record on there's a single frame that shows the back of the unit with clamps going to a car battery. Can only be there to troll viewers. There's just no way you could see it on original viewing as it's too quick. I hope this answers your question. <laughs> also, that ain't how batteries work. I hate I hate to be the bearer of bad news here to the Walking Dead staff and crew, but batteries lose their charge when they just sit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever like not turned your car on for a year and a half. I don't know during a maybe a global pandemic. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that shit won't just fire back up. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's hilarious that like if that's what they're going to do, like every time they see someone doing improbable electrical things, it's just going to be they're going to smash cut to like, you know, Eugene with his mountain of batteries that we saw in that one episode or, you know, uh, yeah. beta clipping, clipping some alligator clips to some battery term because there's also like most of these things aren't designed to run off direct current. You'd have to have some kind of like alternator thing or conversion yeah. thing. And like, you can't just fucking clip shit to bat. But like, it would be something if that's like just the anytime you see them, you know, using some electricity or so you just you just in the background. There's there's a couple terminals going to a battery, you know, like, yeah. fuck it. Hey, we thought about it. There's I mean, a there, there's a sciencey thing going on here. You know, I'm not going to. I got a better question, shit, but yeah, but it's like, where is that going to? Is it going to the the record player itself, the CD player, whatever he puts in, is it going to the speakers? Is it going to the amplifier? Like what, what are you powering, pa- powering you off know, this battery? Everything, everything off a single the sound, but 12 volt battery. It's, okay. It's, it's power into sound. It's power into sound. <laughs> yep. It's power into sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, Oh, better question is, I think this is the only violator. How the fuck is Daryl getting fuel for his motorcycle? I don't think that thing's a diesel. He's, so he's not it. running off of like vegetable oil or animal fat or shit. Like, is he refining? Because that's the thing. Gasoline does not. And we, we, we talked about this, that like they were running like at the original Walking Dead sequence, like two years, like mm-hmm. really starting to stretch your uh, believability that there's still good gas out in the world. Yeah. But somehow he's able to keep enough uh, in his little thumper running. We'll see. It runs um, on his sweat. Just pure <laughs> Daryl sweats gasoline. 
he just he just uh, rings whatever is on his angel wings vest into the tank and it just runs another day. Yep. Josh wrote in and says, I'm super excited for season 11. I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Well, thanks, Josh. It's mutual. In a recent interview with Norman Reedus, he was asked, what can you tell us about Daryl, the Daryl and Carol spinoff? Norman responded, I can't tell you a whole lot. But what I can tell you is that it won't look like anything like The Walking Dead. Nah, it won't look like an episode of The Walking Dead with just Carol and Daryl. Nah, that'd be stupid. It's going to be completely different, man. Um, that's what he said. And uh, he says, I've been racking. Nothing. That's nothing. He says, I've been, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what else they could do besides walk in the woods, going from settlement to settlement, killing walkers. What do you guys think? Um. I think I think Reedus, if he was being honest, would have said something like it's it's totally different, man, because I'm going to be an executive producer on this one. I'm going to get paid points. I'm going to get paid points post. Oh, man, I don't have to work a day in my goddamn life after this. I, I think that's what he means. Three ain't happening. <laughs> I got Andy off this bitch. I'm going to be an EP. It's going to be me and Mel running this shit. Yeah, I, I think that's what he means by being completely different from his experience. He's going to have a whole other pay scale and another credit on IMDb. But probably, I, but it could be something like a lot more marvelly, if that makes sense. Like imagine like a lighthearted kind of buddy romp, or it's or like an Ash versus the Evil Dead. Like if they take it in that kind of like, because I think The Walking Dead needs a bit of an enema. And if they're going to keep doing the world of Walking Dead or whatever the fuck it is, um, world beyond the Walking Dead, maybe they can get like, you know, go real Z Nation with it. So, like, get away from the navel gaze and the morality and just like lean into it's fun watching Daryl Carroll kill zombies, get into misadventures, bust each other's chops. Maybe they'll get romantic at some point. It's now that they're kind of dangling Daryl's sexuality around. Maybe they'll put that plot in there too. It'll be there'll be a will they won't they. But I think that's what he means. It's going to be different tonally. Maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of how else it will be different. Um, that seems so strange to me, though. Like, it, I, I know you can do this successfully. Like, if you look at. Harley Quinn uh, animated series compared to like the Dark Knight, right? You can tell stories in a universe that are very different tones. Adam West, Batman. Right. Uh, but I, I just don't know. I, I'll have to see it to really understand it because The Walking Dead has had the same tone across how many properties now? Three different ones. And I, and that's I what doubt- I'm saying. I, I don't know. I mean, people would probably be in for it, but how long can they keep that up? Keep that interesting. And are they into like, well, we're just going to farm the viewers we've got. Or are we going to try to get new viewers? Because if, you know, mm-hmm. they can have like if AMC can trot out a couple of trailers along the lines of, you know, just having Daryl and Carol doing something fun and like a voiceover saying, you know, Alan Sepinwall's Rolling Stone says that if you thought Carol and Daryl, the walking dead is going to be the walking dead when you've never been more wrong. I can see that bringing in new audience, but if they do that, it has to be something different and something kind of creative and maybe some something meta. Um, because like if they go even serious, more serious into the grim dark, Oh my God, I am completely not interested in Daryl no. and Carol just being tortured episode after episode. It's going to be a silent film style. Uh, thing where they have like title cards between shots. Um, it's gonna look very grainy and old. It's gonna be black and white. Yeah, it's gonna be a season-long love letter to Nos- Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. Like I do a expi- musical, a musical <laughs> with Norman Reedus. There you go. How do you know he might have plat? He might have <laughs> he might. pipes of platinum. I just don't uh, I don't picture him as the guy to do the musical stuff, but OK. No, I, I, I don't know, I, but like I do, I, I hope it is something different than The Walking Dead, because if it's just more Walking Dead with a more limited with the only two people we care about from the show anymore than like I God damn, we got 12 seasons of that. Yeah. Supersized seasons. So shit. Uh, finally, we got Stacy from Kansas City. Says, okay, I want to talk about the cabin lady and the distance between Daryl's camp and her cabin. Do you think 
that it is possible that we are meant to understand for the sake of Daryl's intelligence that Daryl knows the cabin is there, he knows it's inhabited, even knows a dog belongs there, and just avoids it out of respect to the home dwellers and perhaps not wanting to get to know them or run into them. Uh, her hypothesis is Daryl having a big heart and trying to be respectful of people, um, or perhaps not wanting to get attached to a dog that's not his and might not return is a better take and preserves his intelligence and integrity of character rather than just like, well, he was walking around on the hundred acre woods and, and never figured it. But like, then you are impugning the lady's intelligence because she lives on the same half a hundred acre woods and is not aware of a feral possum man crouching <laughs> on her property. Yeah. She's also in, not in searching it inch by inch for her, her lost brother. But it's not like a small camouflaged encampment. It's a giant conglomeration mm-hmm. of wood and fucking corrugated metal and half a reg is cold rolled steel. And like, it's pretty, pretty noticeable. And it's a small area. I, I don't know. Like both of those things, like you're either impugning the lady's badassery and intelligence and situational awarenesses or, or Daryl. And, and I thought they tried to draw the, the kind of lame in comparison that they're kind of the same people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She's not as she's not as badass as Daryl, right? From a woods person perspective. She fish. I don't know. Yeah. She was a deaf hand at fishing. They don't see much of her, so it's tough to tell. That's true. That's true. Do we do we even know what happened to her? Uh she presumably died. I, I don't know. I don't know, because she just disappears, right? He comes back yeah, one day she and left. she's gone. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll ever uh figure out more about that but yeah i maybe maybe but i'm also like i don't think i'm going to be going back to these bonus episodes to like you know hang some deep lore on characters and it's a shame because no. i think you know we're, we're supposed to with princess I, and i guess like i can take some of the stuff i know but like we know what i mean like these things don't seem like they are especially important or you know pivotal to understanding anything so they're just mm-hmm. bonus they're just bonus episodes just uh, just cake they baked for for no good reason <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for our episode this week. Uh, this was a this was a short one because like uh, not a lot of dialogue. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk to, to apparently watch Carol chase rats and Daryl wrench on his motorcycle. It's going to be half an episode of Norman Reedus's ride and half an episode of cooking with Carol now with rats. Nice. We'll see how that goes. Watching Dead at BallMove.com is a place you want to go if you want to get into feedback. And uh, we'll see you next week for the penultimate of the bonus episodes until we get to Here's Negan, the a.k.a. the good one. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you next week. <laughs>